Hello everyone, welcome to Word with Dave Clay and Sam Clay. Hey, what's up? You know, if you had not said anything, then I would have been all alone. They wouldn't. They wouldn't think I'm here. (laughs) They wouldn't have known. On this podcast. But you know, maybe it's not so bad to be alone. I think you're right. You don't have to put up. You don't have to put up with other people's stuff. Well, you don't have to put up with me when I'm not here. Yeah, that's true. But you know, there is something to be said for companionship. But as is our uh, tradition, I was kind of going through my most recent psychology today. Our new edition. (laughs) Finally got it. Yeah, I guess it's timely. I guess it's still kind of new, as much as uh, I think it's February. That's. New. Yeah, February 2022. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, who knows, though, right? When no. people might be listening to the podcast. Yeah. And if they listen to it in Years some chronological sort of order, then they might be hearing it Could before be in February, the future, but... seeing how we're still in January. But at the same time, though, uh, I was going through it. And there was an article that, as <laughs> always seems to be the case, that caught my, that caught my eye. When it's better to go it alone, and it's written by Bella DePaulo, PhD. When it's better to go alone, go it alone. Some leisure activities may be more enjoyable when done solo, unlike podcasts. Yes, yes. unlike podcasts. Unlike podcasts. When people do fun things in public, see a movie, perhaps, or visit a museum, they usually want to do so in the company of close others. But for certain kinds of activity, new research finds they may actually have a more enjoyable time if they go it alone. In several studies, participants engaged in various activities, such as browsing a digital gallery of National Geographic photos, either alone, just happened to be National Geographic photos, either alone or with a partner. Solo travelers could move at their own pace. Partnered people navigated the task jointly, but were allowed to socialize throughout. Participants rated their interests in the activity beforehand. Some were informed how interested their companion was, while others weren't. In some studies, they also rated their focus and how well they were able to recall the activity afterward. Solo and partnered participants enjoyed the activities equally but only if their partnered people knew their companion's interest level ahead of time. When they were unsure if their partner was enjoying the activity, they found the experience significantly less pleasurable than did people who were on their own. Solo participants also tended to remember more from the activities and were better able to focus than partners who lacked insight into their counterpartners or counterparts' interest level. Feeling unsure whether a companion is having fun or what she, I should say, or he, wants to do next can be distracting, suggests the authors. Led by Yushin Wu, a postdoctoral researcher at the Johns Hopkins Carey Business School. Thus, someone who isn't sure if a friend is interested in a particular activity, especially one that requires navigation and self-direction, like touring an exhibit, might simply have a better time if he struck out on his own. That doesn't mean that group outings are off the table, Wu and her colleagues stress, but in cases where going alone isn't possible or desirable, it may be beneficial to briefly check in about each other's interest level before setting out. 
Having clarity at the outset could boost everyone's focus and make a fun occasion that much more enjoyable. And again, that was Bella DePaulo, PhD. Uh, when it's better to go it alone. <laughs> Quite an interesting study there that they did. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've kind of known both sides of that. Now, maybe it is the situation or circumstance, too, under which you find yourself alone. <laughs> that may be a factor. But I've found myself able to entertain myself pretty well when I've gone solo. Although, I must confess, you really don't have anybody to tell about, tell the experience, or share the experience with afterwards. You can tell people about it, but you can't really share the experience like you can when there's someone that's gone through it with you. Yeah, I think you're right. I think if you have someone there with you, on kind of both sides here, if you have someone there with you while you experience something, you can experience it with them, you can make comments with them, and you can like kind of have a conversation about what's going on or how's it going, share your thoughts about it. But also if you're alone, you don't have to kind of worry almost about that like burden or just feeling of if someone's with you, how are they feeling about this? Do I like it? Are they enjoying it? What do, what do they think about that? What do they think about my comments on it? Just stuff like that. If you're alone, you just don't have to worry about that. Well, <laughs> we laughed a bit as I was reading it. At least I, I tried to make note. Uh, I might have come up with a better subject, too, than browsing, how do they put it, browsing a digital gallery of National Geographic photos. Because I'm not sure that would have been a very interesting or entertaining pursuit in general. Yeah. Although, although the pictures are kind of oh, neat. Yeah, they are neat. What I remember. And, of course, neat. there's a lot of exotic and exclusive sort of destinations that yeah, National sure Geographic you you know, goes to and, and does their exposés on. So maybe it would have captured my attention. But let me try this as a possible uh, similar kind of a circumstance for an alternative. What if it were games and the difference between playing solo or playing online where you actually have the opportunity to interact with other players? Which of those two would you prefer the most? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I myself am not really the biggest gamer. I never really have been. I'd rather just go and do stuff like physically or You live with person. one, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least while you're yeah, on I campus. Do. Yeah, I do. And um, I think playing solo has its positives, but I think in general, experiencing or possibly experiencing it with someone, you can just kind of have a conversation or just like, I think it makes it last longer the enjoyable you can do it for longer because you have someone to talk to you can communicate about stuff and, and i'm not saying that that again is makes it a big may, would make a big difference in the findings yeah but you really don't know until you do it yeah but what i am trying to capture though is i'm not sure it's entirely about interest uh and i'm not sure that the author uh, of the review of this study necessarily suggests that it, it takes any sort of makes any sort of interpretation about whether it is the interest in the subject matter or just the fact that the person you're with finds it as interesting as you. But it does make some sense, though, that maybe things that are a bit more interesting 
You might want to share it with others or maybe it becomes part of who you are or because it's part of who you are, it kind of reflects something you are. Maybe it makes it more part of or personal, makes it more part of your life, your life experience, thus it's more important to you. Maybe it's just the fact, though, that from a social dimension, we like it when we can find somebody <laughs> that has not only interest maybe in things that we like, but interest in us. See, I would probably chase that down and go that direction with it. I would probably say this is probably more a social matter than it is really a subject matter or an interest matter or whether you do it alone, if it is, a, if it is about doing it alone or in the company of others, it always comes back to, chase it down, the social dimension. Yeah, I think I think what you're saying there. I think if uh, someone, if you can do it with someone, you can have that social connection, or just like, what take for example, like school or classes. If you can have classes with your friends or something, it makes it a lot more enjoyable because you're with someone, and it makes the task, which is normally usually boring, at least for me, school is not the most entertaining place in the world. But if you can find something that, uh, or someone you enjoy doing it with. It makes it a lot easier, or a lot bearable, and it makes the something you'd enjoy by yourself even more enjoyable because you're with someone who you have shared interests with or just connect better with. Well, and, and again, maybe it is just, oh, well, we all like to play video games, right? But I don't think so. It's sort of like amusement parks. Now, I can go to an amusement park alone. Sometimes I can't find somebody who's up for an amusement park. Now, being at the amusement park, I'm surrounded by a lot of people who like amusement parks. Who like amusement parks. And there's there. something to be said for that. But it really isn't that, and it really isn't even what I do at amusement parks. It's not the rides I ride or any of the other entertainment that you find at an amusement park. But really, it comes down to I want to go and experience that in some way that I can share it with other people. I always come home and talk about, well, I want to talk about how much fun it was. But of course, when I come home... You're it, not, you're not, you have, you're back home. And nobody wants to hear about it. <laughs> they may for like a two or three minutes. They weren't there to experience it. They don't understand. But they even so, there. another side of that is as time passes and I think back on things like that, I've got no one to share it with. Why? Except myself. Why? Because nobody was there with me. Oh, do you remember that time that we saw this at the... Oh, you weren't, you weren't there. there. You were home. <laughs> you were home. You don't and of course you're going to say, nope, I wasn't there. I wasn't there. And so it really is almost then about validating or some measure of validation or validity. And all I mean by that is, it really isn't real until you have a witness. I know that sounds bizarre, but how do we know what's real unless we can share that with somebody else? There's some social dimension to it. And even then, the definition, whether it was fun or not, probably comes from the feedback we get from other people. It's kind of almost a subjective type of thing because if someone's there with you and and you enjoy being them, you enjoy it with them, they're there enjoying it with you, you're probably, you all are probably going to think it's pretty fun. But now if you went by yourself and you thought it was fun and the other person has experienced it, they may not be able to make that same connection because they weren't there and thus they didn't experience it firsthand. They only heard about it. So really... 
the article seems to me to really speak to the power of social dimension or social connections. But more importantly, what they do for us. They really validate our life. Now you can say, well, you know, should I have one person or several persons not in mass, but several persons then that go through life with me so that I can kind of not only create or experience the, na the narrative or find the narrative sort of given to me as I'm going through life. It's a kind of a creative dynamic. Uh, I can interpret it. I can write the storylines. I can kind of take them one way or the other. Uh, I have some say in what my life is going to be like, particularly not only as I'm going through it in a present context, but after I've gone through it and I look back on it, I can say, well, this is what my life was really about, and I can kind of reflect on that, edit it even, take the bad stuff out, and only remember the good. Or maybe I could say, well, it really doesn't matter, because I don't want to live so much in the past. I don't want to live so much in the future. I just want to enjoy the present with other people around me. But it does seem like even if you take that stance, that you don't have to have these long-term relationships, it's more temporal, more immediate, uh, more imminent in the sense of who's with you and the circumstance you're in right now, it still seems like you have to have somebody who cares. Yeah, I think you're right. I think if you could find someone that just like at least cares, even if it's not long-term, if you can find like a temporary or something, or there's that someone is interested with what you do or the things that like you're doing, I think it makes life more enjoyable and it makes it easier to, to get through some stuff such as like, for example, classes in school or just like tough times or just like weather, storms, sadness, stuff like that. Yeah, and though life has got its transient sort of components, Certain relationships are just implicit, implicitly transient. They just change and, and maybe there's not a lot of longevity or it's not longitudinal in the sense of the perspective. You can't kind of count on it being that way all along throughout the course of your life. It seems more so even today than it's ever been. But at the same time, though, having somebody to go through it with you... <laughs> inanimate objects. I think, you know, the car, there's something to be said for your car that's been through all of it with you. It's, uh, it's something. It's it's a friend. Yes. It's or, been there with you. Or a, a piece of clothing or oh, furniture. Yes. Shoes. Anything. Anything you can find. Inanimate object. A dog. Dogs are inanimate. They're not well, inanimate. I would have... Yeah. <laughs> They're, they're there. They move around. Yeah, the dog would take offense to that. Yeah, he wouldn't They like do that. validate you, though, because they have some degree of, I'm interested in you, and I want to be with you, and tell some, me about your life. Some and, personality, or I'm interested in you, you'd feed me, I'm interested. Yes, stuff like that. Yes, but, but inanimate objects, particularly, because they don't, obviously, clearly, they won't have interest in you. But we project that onto even inanimate objects. We give them personality just so we won't be alone. What was that movie where Tom Hanks was talking to the soccer ball? Castaway, I think. That's it. Castaway. <laughs> he had to have Spalding. something there. He was talking to Spalding. 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 Something there to validate him. And it was a soccer ball with a face. Because we are social creatures. Or is it a volleyball? I'm not sure. It was I a, can't remember. It was a ball of some sort. Yeah, it could have been a soccer ball. Spalding was the brand, though. I'll tell yes. you that much. But it is that, that interesting notion. Well, 
even if we're alone, are we ever really alone? Or if we're alone with ourselves, is that sufficient? Do we not have to then somehow still engage in some sort of a feedback loop? Some sort of feedback from others. And does that make life more entertaining? Maybe more than that. Enjoyable? Maybe even more than that. Maybe it's survivable. You know, if you don't have somebody there with you, what's the reason in doing it? It makes things very difficult for you to just get through some stuff without someone there because you can't really say anything to someone. If you're by yourself, you can't really talk about your feelings. You can't express your anger, sadness, excitement, happiness, or just, yeah, just your feelings in general because it's hard to just, when you're by yourself, you don't have anyone to talk to. Yes. Or to express them to. So, you know, again, I can go it alone and there's some, some self-gratification that can come from that and I can remember certain things but it's not quite the same. Maybe it's just in that same sort of way that I'm not somebody that really can validate myself. I can try to validate myself through self-esteem or self-talk. If I'm feeling bad, somebody might come along and say, well, just cheer yourself up. Remember all the good things. Remember all the positive things. Remember all the things you've overcome. And to some extent, that's true. But it isn't anything like when I've got somebody to agree with me and tell me how great I was or tell me how great I am. It really feels good when you can have someone there to say, oh, you're great. Dog is an example. Dog, dogs will always look at you like, oh, you're the greatest thing in the world. You give me food, you're the man. I can tell you like dogs. I do like dogs. They're fun. Yeah. But audiences, maybe that's the point too, is that we need an audience. I know that sounds a bit selfish because it's all about us still. But at the same time, though, if we didn't have each other, we'd just be looking in the mirror, right? And there's, again, something just not very gratifying about that. You can try to make it important, but it's not. So, now, you mentioned something earlier about uh, schoolwork and doing schoolwork with friends or... Yeah. Yeah. So, is that then a coping strategy, do you think, if you go through life anticipating that there's going to be some difficult times and some struggles, is it something worth trying to cultivate then, the social dimension? I I think it is. I think if you can find someone that you can have with you, or even if it's temporary or if it's just like it's different every so often, if you can find someone that you can speak to or just almost relate to in some way and express yourself to it, it makes it very easy. It, well, I wouldn't say very easy, but it makes it easier to cope with things because you have someone that will say usually what well, they should. If they're, they should say, it'll be all right, you can do it, or just hang out. I mean, I know hanging out with people, if I'm stressed, makes me feel better. I feel more relaxed or something, then I can go back to do my work with like a renewed sense of, okay, I think I can do this, stuff like that. And there's probably in a very practical sort of application, survivability, I used that word earlier, adapting, you're going to maybe have a better chance of survival or adapting if you have numbers. Whatever it is that might be coming against you, if you have somebody there to help you or somebody there to assist you, then it's probably going to increase your chances of actually making it through the circumstance or situation. So it's not only a psychological effect, there's a lot of material or physical dimension to this as well. 
But I think even in psychological terms, you're right. I mean, there's a certain degree of encouragement that we can give to one another. Assuming, again, that you give that person credibility or cred enough to be able to speak to you in that way and you take what they're saying to be factual or true. Uh, <laughs> that brings up another interesting proposition, though. If it's all about making me feel good, how can you count on me really being uh, considered enough to, to want it to be about you su sufficient that you'd find any credibility in anything that I say? You know, Spalding did not talk back to Tom Hanks. <laughs> made him feel good, though. <laughs> it did make him feel good, but it will. It still really wasn't enough. And that was the whole point of the movie. Could it be enough? Yeah, I think you're right. I think you really just have to. You have to hope you can find someone that will tell you that, or will tell you straight up, or just tell you, just give their honest opinion about stuff. And you, there's most people will do that, but you kind of have to weed out the people that won't, or just try to. If they won't tell you, then find someone else that will. Just like we were saying, whether it be like long term, doesn't have to be long term. It could be short term. Yeah, and and I think getting back to the notion of teams. Uh, and of course, you and I, any of our listeners would probably have uh, realized by now, we like sports. We and do. with that, then a lot of sports analogies and sports as far as participation on teams, there's uh, usually some, it doesn't, that's my point. There usually, there is some that don't require teamwork, but usually there's teamwork involved. Mm -hmm. But would you pick a sport where you're not part of a team? And what sport would that be? If I had to, so you're asking me if I had to pick a sport that did not involve me being on a team, which mm -hmm. I, one I would pick. Hmm, let's see. This is a bit tough. If I was going to pick a sport that I would, that's kind of hard because most sports are team sports. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I'm not really sure. It really just depends. I guess ping pong, well, if you consider that sport. Yes. But even then, there's usually the ping pong team. Yeah, there's a team. Yeah, I don't, most sports are team sports. Right. What do you think about it? <laughs> right. My dad uh, used to like to hunt. And uh, with that then, uh, hunting is a pretty solitary activity. Now, you can go out as a team, but when you're really hunting, it's like just you. Yeah, and, it's just you yeah. and your weapon of choice. But I can tell you right now, when you got back to camp at the end of the day... <laughs> You'd share all the stories of what went on. Fishing's the same way. Uh, fishing it seems to be a solitary activity, but it really isn't because no, there's you always share it with, there's always someone you meet. There's, there's always, always the fish story. There's always something. And even while you're fishing, if you're not having much success and you happen to see another angler somewhere within strike up a conversation. walking distance or uh, angling distance, angling distance within a cast, yes, you want to engage them, right? Because, but, but again, I think that speaks to the social dimension and the fact that we do need validation. And, and I think probably my summation of it is, is that, yes, there's a lot of activities that seem to be uh, possibly solo activities. And there's probably times in everyone's life when there's not going to be someone immediately there with them. But I would challenge, just like we finished kind of with that thought about teams, uh, participation, sports on a team, I challenge anyone to give me a good example of where we do something in such isolation that we don't share it with somebody else. It may not be while we're going through it, 
but certainly afterwards. It seems like most everything in life is shared with something, something or someone at some point. And I may have a story. My life may represent something. But if I don't have somebody to tell the story to, it's like if uh, a tree falls in the woods but nobody's there to hear it, does did it make it really, a sound? Yeah, did it really make a sound? And, of course, the answer to that is... I guess, yes, of course it did, but it really doesn't matter because... Because no one was there to hear it. Nobody was there to validate it. And I think all of our lives are sort of like that. And in that, then, I think the spirit of certainly the article would include this notion that doing that with that in mind at least helps to preserve or seems to give us a good reason to try to preserve what relationships we have Maybe we're selective. Maybe we're not going to have a relationship with everyone. Maybe we don't need a lot of people with us throughout our life. But we probably need a few. And even if we don't have the luxury of having continuity in the sense that maybe there's a turnover of our friendships or relationships in somewhat short order relative to time, we still need an audience. You need to have a context. And if we don't have that, I would think we'd all turn out to be talking to... Spalding. Spalding. Soccer balls or volleyballs or... Beach balls. Anything. Or a car. Anything you can put a... Oh, I talked to my car, though. I've got to know when he's not performing. Well, people personify things. Even in you get back to the dog thing. You know, whether dogs really have that much personality or we just... We make them have personality. Project upon them, right? Uh, Certain things that we want in terms of, of interaction socially, personality, so that we can then kind of find that, navigate that, or kind of calibrate that relationship piece. We need that. We need a context. All the world's a stage, and we are merely players, I think, is Shakespeare. But Shakespeare had it right. I mean, that resonates so much because really everything has that audience dimension. And even though we may be at one moment center stage, at another moment, we're just part of... We're just part of the machinery. We're just part of the context. So this article, when it's better to go it alone, 44% share of people in a recent study who felt that social isolation during COVID-19 allowed them to learn skills and build competence. I know we've not mentioned COVID-19, but I wanted to insert that. Yes! Yes. But had we not survived it, or if we just stay in our little cocoon, yeah. <laughs> what's it worth? You've learned things, but you've got to share it with can't, the world. Yeah, you can't share them with anyone if you stay. So it is at times better to go solo, and I guess COVID would be one of those examples. But at the same time, though, I think it's really kind of sad to think, or disappointing to think, though, that large amounts of time could be lost and people never really get a chance to share it because of the isolation effect uh, a situation like the pandemic maybe has had. So would you agree with that? That it is better to share than it is to go solo or that there's probably a balance but it always still comes back to sharing in the end even if you have to do solo activities? I think both are true, but I do think sharing sharing things with someone is always good. It's mm. not, it can't really go too bad. Yes. But there are times when... Yes, there are times when you probably shouldn't. Yes. All right. So I think we, 
think we've pretty thoroughly evaluated or at least analyzed that article. Uh, and with that, I think probably would want to encourage our listeners that it is important to recognize that no one is an island unto themselves, that they need to, no pun intended with the Tom Hanks movie, <laughs> they need to maintain contact with others. But it is okay, and hopefully there are times when being alone, even if it's under duress, like with the whole pandemic thing, COVID-19, it was still something we had to go through, but hopefully when it's all said and done and when it's all over, we'll find ourselves being able to share what we learned or that we'll find it important to even validate that we've done something. We have to at least come outside of the cocoon, come outside of the walls, and begin to interact and share with others. And it may take, I think, a little bit of getting used to the social dimension, but hopefully as much as that is that we're social creatures, it'll be as implicit. It won't have to be something that we either have to labor with or work too hard uh, to accomplish. So Sam, we would not want any of our listeners to be lonely. No, we would not. <laughs> so what would be their best answer to loneliness? To return back and listen. <laughs> you got it! Way to go, Sam! Yes, come join us again on our next podcast of Word with Dave Clay and Sam Clay.